Hey friends, welcome back to the Journey to Require Love podcast. I am your host, Celeste McCray, and I just want to say welcome. Um, I also want to say thanks to everyone who has been tuning in. Um, I really appreciate it and engaging and also writing me um, on Instagram, Facebook Messenger. I really appreciate you guys' support. Listen, this week has been a struggle bus only because I've had a completely different topic in mind for um, this week's episode. However, when I got to Saturday ready to record it, um, he downloaded something completely different in mind. Now, the biggest issue is that I wasn't ready to talk about it. Honestly, Saturday, um, I wrote out what I was going to write about, but I wasn't ready to record it. So I didn't record it. Um, And I know it's very heavy. So I talked to my mom about it and she was like, just ask God for external confirmation. And he gave confirmation. Um, I sat in my car, I cried about it, but I think it's something that, you know, we definitely need to talk about. So I'm going to be obedient um, and just go ahead and just tell you guys. So if you don't know me, I moved to Wilmington, um, Delaware back in 2019. Actually, I lived in Philly first um, and it was because of my career. I moved here to um, to work and I told you all in the past episodes that I grew up Christian. However, like once I went to college, I was I was like hot girl summers what's up like (laughs) I honestly just started like living how I wanted to because I was out for the first time um like from under my parents I could do whatever I wanted to do and for me it was like I'm just gonna live my life how I see fit now as a result I were in the situations um that I previously told you guys about but particularly after like my abortions and after I moved um I started talking to this guy. Mind you, I've had just got our relationship like maybe six months ago. And, you know, I told him that when we first started talking, I was just like, you yeah, know, I'm not looking for nothing too serious. You know, we're just, you know, I could talk to you, but it's not going to be too crazy. Um, and, you know, he understood. So I was like, okay, cool. But the only caveat was he lived in Africa. So um, I actually went to Nigeria a few years ago in 2015 December 2015 and like I made friends there so it's this guy um I called him my best friend because you know we got really close um he was actually one of his friends so I met him through a friend and you know so I trusted him because my friend you know vouched for him so I was like good to go like okay I could trust him or whatever um and we were talking for a good six months like um he seemed to be perfect He seemed to have, you know, he checked all my boxes. You know, we had good conversation. He was very nice on the eyes. He was super, um, he was kind of like me. He was very outgoing. We liked the same things. Um, So I thought it was a match made in heaven, honestly. And um, at the time, um, like let's fast forward six months later and I am in Delaware. I made a new friend. And now this friend, she was raised completely different from me. She was raised as a Wiccan. Um, And at the time, I really didn't mind because I felt like she was a good person and I loved being around her. Um, So then Halloween came around and I, I remember distinctly being at work 
And my mom, I was talking to my mom about him, like, mom, I just love him. He's just so nice. He's just so cool. And she was like, I don't know what's something off about him. Now I always like listen to my mom and she say something, I'm going to rethink it, you know, just because she warned me. And I went to my friend's house after work and I was telling her about it. And she was like, yeah, your mom's right. Something is off about him. So she, okay. Since she was raised Wiccan, I guess you could say she's like a witch, quote unquote. But I feel like you guys are probably going to come for me about this because I know like it's a very controversial um, topic, but like she was able to vibe things and like look into like, you know, him and stuff. And the thing she told me became very scary. So first she was like, he's trying to trap you into marriage with him by way of a love spell. Now I know it sounds crazy. It was very crazy to me when she told me, but some of the things she were telling me, it started to add up. Um, so I know we all watch Disney and a lot of it is like true love's first kiss and this and this and that. But like Disney think they slick. They be trying to hide stuff in kitty movies as if it's just a myth. But that stuff is true. Like she was telling me how um, the, the spell would have been sealed with the kiss. And mind you, I had already um, planned to go to Nigeria. I bought my ticket for December. Like we were all set. And when we would talk about it, the one thing he would always say is, I can't wait to give you a kiss. I can't wait to give you a kiss. I can't wait to kiss you as soon as I see you in the airport. Um, and, you know, when he was saying it, I thought it was normal because that's what you do. Like you, you see your, your boyfriend or your girlfriend, you kiss them because you're happy to see them. However, his meaning was, completely um it was it was hitting it was a subliminal message and I just I didn't know it at the time so I feel like I feel like y'all are gonna think I'm crazy but like this is real stuff that has happened to me like y'all think it's crazy but I'm only giving y'all like high level because it went much much deeper into it like that day like when I tell y'all I I was a happy woman when I woke up that morning that night when I went home, I was, a, I was scared. I was really, really scared. And I didn't know like what to do. Um, my friend though, she was telling me like, she could protect me. She could really like, you know, hide me from him. She could protect me and make it so he doesn't have access to me. She said, I just need to cut him off. So that's what I did. But where I went wrong was expecting her to protect me and hide me, um, instead of God. And I feel like I made that decision out of fear because I was just so afraid because I had never experienced witchcraft like this. I had never experienced a spiritual attack. So my, my, I was scared. I didn't know what to do. You know, they don't really teach about this in church. Um, they do mention witches and warlocks, but they don't get into the specifics and how to combat those things. So I was afraid for my life, like, because she had even told me like he had been watching me. She told me about this shrine, mind you, you know, I, I don't know about this stuff, but when she's asking me questions and I'm like, yeah, I've seen this before. I've seen that before. And then she's like, oh, so this is what it really is. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I had no idea. Um, and you know, maybe that's a topic for like a YouTube video or something, but like, I don't want to go into like deep, deep specific, like specifications just because it was very dark and I would hate for y'all to, to, to hear this. But anyways, um, 
she told me she could protect me and I was wrong for thinking that she could and also giving her permission to protect me because, you know, I should have went to God. And I think the biggest thing that we do is we make decisions out of fear. And I had to learn, like, why, why did I make that decision? What prompted me? It was out of fear. I was afraid for my life. I was afraid that, you know, um, something was going to happen to me just because, you know, I don't know. It was unknown to me. Witchcraft was unknown to me. I had never, I had never been exposed to it that much, except like on TV when they romanticize it. But honestly, it's not that romantic guys. And if you are involved with something like this and you're afraid, then, you know, you should probably like stop or like pray to God about it. Because once that same day that I actually had her, um, that I gave her permission to quote unquote protect me. Um, I didn't know it, but I opened myself up to a world of different things, but I didn't think it would affect me because I wasn't putting my own hands to it. I just gave her permission, you know, to do it on my behalf, but that's the same thing. Like, that's literally the same thing. Like that was me putting my hands to that stuff. So it opened me up and woo, y'all, this is probably not what y'all expected to hear. And this is not what I wanted to talk about, but God is really leading me to talk about this. When I told you I did not want to talk about it, I'm serious. I did not want to talk about it. So after a couple of months, I would say like in February, I definitely moved to Wilmington and I had got a new spot, got a new place. And that's when I started to notice a lot of different things. Um, I actually started to see things like in my house. I started to see black figures like walk into my room and I always felt uneasy. When I tell y'all I always felt uneasy, I always felt uneasy. When I would be in the shower, like I bought a clear shower so I could be able to see out. And then sometimes I would like move the shower because I felt like something was there or something was looking at me. I don't know y'all. It was, it was like I could feel a demonic presence or I could, and I could also feel some negative energy. And at that point, like I just became like really depressed. Like I was in a deep depression to where like, I didn't want to go home. Like I used to be crying a lot. And like, I really started doing the things, you know, to cope more because I didn't know what else to do. And, um, I used to talk, I talked to my mom about, you know, little stuff, but I never really told her about what was going on because one, I knew she would not approve. Like, you know who to talk to about certain things because you know who's going to agree with you and who's not going to agree with you. So I knew she would not approve of this. So I really didn't tell her about it. Um, like I actually stopped her from coming, you know, to visit me, um, because I just was that bad off. Like, I was just like, I don't want to see anybody. Like, I don't want to put them in this situation. Um, because it was something I had never like, you know, actually experienced before. Now come March, um, the pandemic is going on and my job is like, well, we're going to be working home for the next two weeks. Now at this point I had found out I was pregnant, um, because I had ended up dating someone like after the whole situation with him. So I was dating someone, um, after him and then, you know, I got pregnant. So when March rolled around, I was ready to go home with my mama because first of all, I had just broke up with her dad. Cause obviously, honestly, I was just looking 
for solace from someone since I was, I had just went through what I went through with him. So I really got into that relationship, just like a rebound relationship looking for comfort. And that wasn't good. So, um, March rode around and I went home to Huntsville. And when I tell y'all, I felt so much peace at my mama house. I felt so much peace. Like I was able to sleep. It was like going home to a haven to where I like, I slept so good. Like I felt nothing but love. I felt nothing but good energy and presence. Um, and that's because my mom, she's a God for a woman and she's, she's a praying woman. So, you know, when I went to her house, I was able to find, you know, solace there. Um, and I remember telling my mom about my friend and her warning me about her because she had a bad feeling because she was saying like, um, if, how are she, how is she able to see these things? Like, what is she connected to? So my mom's a prophet and the way she get her, um, her information per se is from God. Like that's who she prays to. That's who, you know, gives her this information. That's how she knows things. However, my friend at the time, we're going to call her Sierra. Sierra didn't pray to God. She prayed to God's and God says, so the information she was getting, um, it wasn't from God almighty, you know? So my mom used to warn me about her because she felt like either she was going to pull me or I was going to pull her. And honestly, she began to pull me the moment that I let her, uh, protect me, quote unquote. And it really wasn't protection because every time I turned around, she would come back and say, Oh, he's trying to do this. She, he's trying to do that. We need to do this. We need to do that. Like at one point she told me I needed to kill a cat or something weird. And I'm like, okay, listen, that's too far. I'm not killing no animals. Like I'm not doing none of that. Like I know better than doing any of that. But, um, I just remember my mom always warning me about it because she knew that it's easy for someone to fall into a trap of that lifestyle. And, my mom was right, honestly. And I was just blind to it because I felt like, you know, like she's a good person. She's really cool. This, this, and that. But, you know, how can two walk unless they agree? Um, light has nothing to do with the dark. Like they can't coexist in the same spot. Um, so it really was not the best mindset to say like, okay, well, we can be friends. It doesn't matter what you believe in. But no, it really matters because you have to surround yourself with like-minded people um, and that's in anything that's really in anything. So yeah. Um, after I started to like reveal things to my mom, uh, we started praying together at midnight. And if you know anything about prayer watches, midnight is the best time for spiritual warfare because demonic activity is at its highest during that time. If you want to strengthen your spirit, man, seek God, um, at this hour for revelation and breakthrough. Now, we bought a book of prayers um, called A Thousand Prayers Against Witchcraft Activities. Um, and we would have like, so at midnight, we would do praise and worship. And then we would go into saying these prayers. And we would say these prayers together on one accord. And um, I don't, I don't know if you know, but you know, the Bible says that you should be on one accord. So when we would say these prayers, we would always say them on one accord. And we would always, um, like, if we messed up, we would say it over just to make sure that, you know, we are being intentional about these prayers. And it also says that uh, in the Bible, like, where um, two or more are gathered, I'll be in the midst. So it was very important that we both were there praying together. We were both praying together at midnight. And we were on one accord with our prayers. 
And even if you take it a step further, if you, it's not just Christianity. Um, we all know that there's power in numbers, just like if you watch, um, charmed, if there, it's always better, if the two or the three girls was always together, uh, saying their incantation together, they're always stronger together. They, a lot of those principles come from Christianity. When you're together, um, gathered together, God will be in the midst. It makes you powerful. The Bible says that one can send um, a thousand to flight, but two can send 10,000 to flight, meaning 10,000 spirits, 1,000 spirits. You send more, you're able to do more when you have more. It's, you're better together in numbers. So we knew those things where well, my mama knew those things, you know, and I heard it growing up, but she really knew how to apply it. And when we started to do these things, when I tell you things started to break, y'all things really started to break one day my mom and I was watching this sermon um and it's about the heavenly courts and how the enemy uses the sins of our ancestors to to stake claim in our life and actually like go to God saying like I have this against him so I have a right to be here um and the man who was doing it he was saying like we you know say this prayer you know, to ask God to forgive you of the sins of your ancestors, both on your mother, father, your mother's side, your father's side, all the way back to Adam and Eve. So, you know, we said this prayer and then he said, um, you know, hold the hands of the person standing next to you and just pray for them. So me and my mom hold hands, held hands. And, you know, um, I started to, to pray for her. And after I'm done, y'all, I tell you no lie. She says, I see an altar. And I see a wrecking ball breaking it down. And baby, when she said that, I just immediately start to cry because I hadn't told my mama everything that was going on. I just told her like a couple of things about the girl. Like I hadn't told her about the stuff with the boy. I hadn't told her about all of the things, you know, like me telling my friend, like, oh, she can quote unquote protect me, like using her witchcraft and all that. I hadn't told her that. So when she was saying she see an altar and she sees it breaking down, I knew that it was the altar that I had built with my friend to her gods that had been broken. And I honestly felt like a weight lifting off of me because that was one of my prayers in secret. Like I would pray and ask God, like how to help me I would pray and ask God how to help me get from out under that because I knew that I was under attack spiritually. So understanding that, you know, I made that altar with her. And when my mom saw the altar being broken, I immediately know what she knew what she was talking about. And then she also tells me that she see a crooked path being straightened. And I knew that that was my life because me dealing with witchcraft and having which um, did me dealing with witchcraft and then living any way that I want to. It had me on the wrong path. So once I started to come to God and ask him to break these things off of me and help me to get me right, that's when it's straightened up. So. I had to pause because it seemed like everybody wanted to walk in my room at this moment. <laughs> but anyways, um, once she told me that the crooked path became straight, you know, I cried even more because I felt like 
God had came to my rescue. I had, I knew God had came to my rescue and I didn't even realize it before, but I didn't, um, just need protection from the guy that was trying to put a love spell on me. I also needed protection from my friend. And I didn't even know it until after this breakthrough, because God started to unfold things, you know, in, in front of me now, um, Honestly, back in the day, back then, I would ignore certain things that she would say. So she would say things like, Celeste, you're so good. If I wanted to, I could use your energy to cover up anything bad I would want to do. And I never said anything, but that always didn't sit right with me. Like, what do you mean? Like, what are you talking about? And then another thing she used to always say, she used to claim me. She used to be like, oh, you're mine. You're mine. And I used to be like, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking I used to just brush it under the rug because I used to justify it and be like, oh, she just mean I'm her friend. Da, 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 da. But no, she wanted to actually claim me for the things that she were doing. She wanted me to be hers. And now that I think about it, like that's of the devil. I belong to Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ only. He died on the cross for my sins. OK, I was bought and paid for with, with, with the price, which was um, Jesus's life. So when she used to say that, that was her trying to claim me for what, for the things that she was doing for darkness, really. And I just, I just remember that day being a freeing day. I became really free, but you know, God started to, to show me things. And so he showed me in a dream, um, this cat, I had a dream of a black cat always scratching up my hands it was scratching my hands scratching it biting it doing anything it could to harm me and it didn't hurt it was supposed to hurt but for some reason it didn't hurt but I it, it took me back to a conversation that I had with her and she was like if I wanted to use any animal to get information for me, if I wanted to use an, any animal to do anything for me, I would use a cat because it looks innocent and it can be places without being seen. Um, and I was taken back to that, um, to that conversation. But then not only that, I had the same dream three times, guys. I had this dream three times. And on the third time, God revealed that it was her. It was Sierra. Sierra was trying to tie my hands. She was trying to make sure that nothing I did prosper. And it really made me think and be like, was she really my friend? Like, obviously not. But it took time, you know, to understand that. And then also, it was a hard pill to swallow because. I had started, you know, to like her. I loved her. I loved her kids. Like, you know, we were in my mind, real friends. So it was really hard to come to terms with that. But at the end of the day, I had to realize that it was my life. It was my life at stake. And it was my baby's life at stake. And the kingdom of heaven was at hand if I didn't get it together. So as I'm getting closer to God, I'm asking him like, God, why did you allow these things to happen to me? And I ran across a scripture that talks about how God will allow things to happen so that we can come back to him and also so he can use our testimony. So I went through these spiritual attacks so God could use them to draw me to him and then also use my testimony to help someone else. I learned valuable lessons by going through this. One, only God can protect me. Me seeking help from outside sources, witches, psychics, anything like that, 
um, it, it only put me further in harm's way. Now I never really talked to psychics, but I did used to talk to her, um, about like what she thought, like, what did she see this and this and that? Um, and that was wrong. Like how the, the Bible says, um, the Bible says only God knows the future. And, um, what, what we don't realize is when we speak to psychics and people who are doing these things, what they're connected to is different spirits, different dead spirits. They're talking to the dead. So how can we ask the dead about the living? Like, it doesn't make sense. They're dead. Um, and then also the Bible also says, um, how can Satan cast out Satan? He is divided against himself. But if I cast out devil by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. So what that means is I went to, um, I went to her to do witchcraft, to protect me from witchcraft. But that's not, that's not that they're canceling out each other. Like that's not actually, um, it's not doing what it's supposed to do because at the end of the day, it's only making it worse. Only God can protect me. I should have went to Jesus about it. I shouldn't have asked her to do something. Well, I shouldn't have allowed her to, to say that she can protect me, quote unquote, because at the end of the day, Jesus is my, um, Jesus is the Lord of my life. And he's the only one who can protect me. Like he protects me now from all of the things that she tries to do or all the things that other people try to do to me. Because at the end of the day, it's God who has the final say it's God. The Bible says no man can stand against you. As long as you shall live, I will be with you. So I had to take that, know that, trust that and stand on it. It was very hard to, to, to stand on it. Um, at first to trust it because I know the things that she's capable of, but I had to realize what my God was capable of. I had to realize what he was capable of. And I had to know that he is bigger than any of my enemies. He's bigger than any witchcraft, any spell. He's bigger than any of that. So it was important for me to know that, understand that and trust it, trust him because the Bible says that he will hide you under his wings. And that's what he did for me. He hid me under his wings. And I was just so grateful for it because not only was I going through these spiritual attacks, but I was also pregnant. So I was all also worried about the well-being of my child throughout all of this. Um, and I also learned that the company you keep is important. The Bible says, how can two walk unless they agree? Granted, it is not my job to judge Sierra, but it's my job to pray for her and ask God to save her. However, I allowed myself to be pulled into what I knew was wrong. And honestly, we, I actually spoke to her recently. Um, I, for the first time in like a year and a half or maybe two years, um, I had saw a message. She sent me on one of my, she had made another page. I already had the page. I don't know, but she wrote me, um, saying something about like, you know, I hate her. And I'm just like, I don't hate you. I just don't trust you. And I know we can't be friends because it's not a friendship that you're looking for. You want to own somebody. You want to control somebody. And I can't be that person. I can't be that person because I was called um, for a purpose. I was set aside for something greater than anything else that I could possibly think matters. I was put, a, I was put aside. I was set apart. And that's what holy means. Holy means to be set apart. And I now know like that's, that's what 
my purpose is to be holy, is to be set apart. Um, and, you know, I let her know, like, you know, I'm not mad at you. I don't hate you. I just hope God will reset your mind. I hope that he will save you. And I hope, I hope you have a good life. Like, I don't wish any bad on her. Like, I used to tell her that even about um, the guy. She was like, if you want, I can do this to him. I can do that to him. I said, I don't want you to do nothing to him. I don't I, I don't have a vengeful spirit or revenge. I'm like, I'm not like that. Like, I just didn't want him bothering me, you know? But I had to learn that I had to be around like-minded people. And, like, I ask God every day to bring friends into my life who um are like-minded who are who has a heart after his own heart because I know that's what I'm chasing that's what I want to do that's what I want to be um and that's why I'm so thankful I'm going to give a little shout out to my mentor Delisa Trishel um why did I botch her name like that I know how to say her name it's Delisa Trishel why I can't say her name today Delisa Trishel I want to shout out to her because if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be recording this podcast. She really prompted me. She allowed me to realize that the reasons that I were like, that I wasn't, you know, putting out this content for you guys making this podcast was because I was battling a form of perfectionism. So if it wasn't for her, we wouldn't be here. So shout out to Delisa. I love you, girl. Um, But, you know, like I ask God all the times to bring people into my life who are after his own heart. Um. But the, the, the other thing that I learned was that God had his grace over my life. This whole situation could have gone extremely left just because I wanted love so bad. I was willing to ignore all the red flags, fly across the country and fly across the country. Like I was really tripping. But I thank God that he stepped in when he did and made me realize that I didn't have to chase love. I already had love. I just had to realize it. I think a lot of us are out there chasing love, um, single and ready to mingle, quote unquote. And if that's your thing, cool, whatever. But I know I was set apart to live love. I wasn't set apart to chase love. Um, I was already given love. The Bible says that God did not give you the spirit of fear, but of power love and a sound mind. So that means I had love this whole time. I just didn't realize it. And I think the, I, (laughs) all right, Jesus. So my biggest thing with recording this episode was I did not want to talk about the whole witchcraft thing because I know it's very controversial and I know a lot of people are going to have something to say, but they're going to have something to say anyways. I have to be obedient to God because He's not going to tell me wrong. He's not going to steer me wrong. And I really, I really believe he wanted me to talk about this because it wasn't something that I was completely over. Like, it was really hard for me to talk about this with you guys. Like, I even was in my car crying because I didn't want to talk about this. But being able to sit on it and stew on it for the last couple of days allowed me to work out, you know, the issues that I was having. Um, And I'm just happy that God brought it up when he did, because then I'll be able to go forth and move on. Um, so yeah, I think the love work this week would be stop chasing love guys. If it's that, if it's a guy out there that you're seeking, um, and you just always hit him up, he don't hit you back. Just stop. Just chill out for a second. Like focus on you, baby. Do you, 
And then let's take it a step further. If you're doing love jars or honey jars, whatever they call it, because I know what that is too. Listen, sis, that honey in that jar with them papers is not going to get you no love. If you think it is, okay. But it's not. You already have love. Open your eyes. You already have love. You are already loved. You don't have to look for it. You already have it. Don't worry, sis. God got you. And I think that was my biggest thing. I was worried. Like, I, what's going to happen to me? But I had to realize, like, God had me. And that meant he had love for me. He had care, kindness, patience for me. So this this week, the love work is to stop chasing love. Live in love. Like Dr. Sharon said on Sunday, live love. Walk in love. Be the love that you want. Be the love that you want the world to have. Um, I think it's important for us to be the change we want to see. So be the love that you want. All right, guys. So I know this episode was mad long and it was kind of heavy, but honestly, I feel good. I appreciate each and every one of you for listening. Um, please write in the comments. Please hit me up on Instagram, Journey to Requited Love. I do um, look forward to speaking with you all. I do look forward to the next episode. So much love and appreciation. Bye, guys. Thank you.